welcome to Crystal Apocalypse episode 162. As always, I am Matt. You are Ant. Let's uh, start the start the program by talking about stuff that's happened. News. Uh, so, Ant, Guardians of the Galaxy, the game's coming. You said you're more excited for this than you were for the Avengers video game, which you were incredibly happy with and played a lot of. You said Tony Stark is my man. Uh, how do you feel about the new Guardians of the Galaxy game? Do you think they're going to have We Need a Hero in the game playing at least six or seven times? No, they're going to have a selection of now that's what I call 80s hits. Oh, just like James Gunn's soundtracks. The- no, James Gunn's soundtracks is better than that. Are they? Yeah. Okay. I like the fact that loads of people were like, I never knew who ELO were when fucking Mr. Blue Sky plays at the beginning. Like, that's one of, that's one of the most well-known songs in the world, I feel. Yeah, but people... Are stupid. People have no culture. And, uh, I saw Yellow live a few years ago, and that feels like an age ago, though. Oh, going to a live gig. That feels weird thinking about that. Oh. You could still go to a donkey show? Yeah, I could do. Yeah. Less likely to catch Corona, though. Yeah. Because they mostly serve Bex. Something off the, uh, <laughs> off the donkey instead. <coughs> Back for Blood and a bunch of stuff's going to Game Pass. Who cares? Psychonauts 2's going to Game Pass. Do you not care? Um. Yeah, basically, Game Pass is the value proposition of the century, isn't it? What's the fucking point of not having Game Pass? I can see that you're uh, you've indulged yourself in a Series X. It's a nice looking console. How are you no, finding I it? I haven't. You got, I haven't. What? No. It's an Xbox Series X right there. No. Then what series is it part of? It's not any part. Of it. It's an Xbox One. Series X. Oh. <laughs> Uh, jokes at the expense of their confusing name and cla- nomenclature. <laughs> Jesus. I'm melting. I'm actually dying. Mm. Episode 162, we talk about stuff and things, mostly media. We were talking about video games because it's technically media. Nothing else has really happened. There's some films coming out, so we're going to see Black Widow. I don't know. I fucking don't know. I haven't watched Gorilla yet. Have you watched Gorilla yet? No. Cool. All right, your review first, Dan. Go for it. We get four each. Why do I go first? Because you're first this week. Oh, for fuck's sake. Go on. Right. Go on. Talk about your fucking thing. Uh, um, just do Metopia because I got. I mean, yeah, I, did, go I talked about the demo the other week, but yeah, you did, yeah, no, talk about the full game. Who yeah. bought it for you? Yeah, um, I don't know. Oh, some cunt, I guess. Yeah, some dick. Um, <laughs> no, it was you, man. It was you, boy. And why did I buy you Metopia? Because uh, it was your birthday. I told you it was my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> you told me, <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> I should try that sometime. To yeah, tell you, probably, you, should, you should uh, do it with me, because I won't fucking remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ant, let's get Pokemon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I played the demo, and I played a bit more of the game. Not much has changed, because it's still the same no. game. Yeah, it is. Because uh, the demo, I think, is... Now I've got the horse, though, because you get the horse in the demo, but you can't do anything with it at that it's time. Like, it's like Dragon Quest, isn't it? Like, you play, you actually play the game, the beginning part of the game, and then that just rolls over into the main yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. It's standard nowadays with demos, because the demos standard are actually demos just... demos on the... the Switch, but not for other consoles, no, no, it seems. Wolfenstein did it, and all sorts. What, Young Bloods? Yeah, Wolfenstein, um, New Blood and Old uh. Blood, they both... And the other one, they all did it where you could play the first part of the game and then carry on. It's pretty normal now. Because the demos are just the full game download. So you can buy the full game thing. Well, usually it's like it's like a pre-download site. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, I've, got, I've got the horse. And the difference with the horse is, um, I mean, he just he's like a, he sits at the back 
Do you go faster? But like sometimes, sometimes when you go into the stages where they're walking through the woods, mm. they'll jump on a horse instead and ride. Um, but if you make friends with the horses, you can like occasionally do riding attacks. But it's all still random, like because that's how it works. Yeah, is a whole bunch of building your characters' relationships up, and it unlocks new skills and abilities, and you know peak perks and stuff like that, depending on how. I How do, well your team is working together. I do not remember the combat for that game. It's very basic. Monster turns up and you hit it. Alright. Yeah. Okay. And you get to eat lots of food and make them really happy. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been doing a bit more of it. It's it's quite fun. Not many of my friends have got it, it seems, so I haven't got many Mies to steal off other people. Because you can look at what Mies other people have made and put them in your game. Yeah. And use them as a cast. Because whenever you get to a new area, it's like, here's the cast for this part of the story. And it gets you to decide the faces. Oh. For everyone. So yeah, because you said before you had the cast yeah. of uh, Peep Show. So there's like a love triangle in the part I'm at. And yeah. um, well, what part I just did. And I made, there's a princess and I put in a love triangle with Bobby from King of the Hill and Gex the Gecko. <laughs> and I think I, mean, I might have accidentally done a racism because Gex the Gecko, I mean, I didn't realise this at the time, but Gex the Gecko is some sort of Jafar type character out in the desert. So I don't know if there's some sort of lizard thing that I might be... Is there a racism to do with lizards? Maybe. Maybe. maybe Green people. Like, probably desert dwellers and stuff. Sand people. I don't know. Jesus, alright, coming down. I forgot to mention... They're scared of crate dragons. Hades and Microsoft Flight Simulator are both coming to Game Pass. Oh, yeah, well, this is great news. Who cares? Sorry, I forgot. Anyway, um, Metopia is good fun. I like the music. It's fun. I, like, hit some things and, you know, play some mini games. And um, Gerard, Gerard and the horse are getting a bit too close. Um, I had a friend at school who somewhat quite liked a horse. Um, Mr. Hans from Zoo. No, no, he he got in trouble with the police for really? um, photos. Of, oh, this is the guy you keep mentioning. Yeah, and then yeah. they and then they you looked at his, they grabbed his laptop top and it had episode, animals on it. Every episode, there's a little bit more gra- bragging from Ant about how he knew a pedo. All right, yeah, all right. You know, hey, you wish you knew one. Look, well, you know, you know, there's though. a certain age where all your friends are either having kids, getting married, or turning out to be paedophiles. God. What happens to the people that just don't have kids? Well, they Not could still the... get married. Well, that's true. That is true. Yeah. So what you're saying is perpetually single people are more likely. Live long enough to get married or see yourself become. It's like the bit from Dark Knight. That's what I was doing. Yeah, that's the famous line from Dark Knight. You wake up in a haze and there's just post-it notes around your fucking computer monitor saying microwave all your hard drives. Deny, deny, deny. Microwave your hard drives. That would damage. That would like like, microwave. Yeah, and kill your hard drives. Kill you. I know, you'd be fine. Mic, the door might fly off. Smack you in the face. You're supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Yeah, yeah me too, Pew. It's just good fun. It's, it's fun. very innocent it's fun. It's like a kiddie yeah. version of an MMO. Yeah, but it's kind of reminds me a bit of Unlimited Saga, which no one played Unlimited Saga except no. for me. So much so that that game, even though it was only came out as a special edition with a soundtrack CD and an art book and a special fold-out booklet and everything, um, it's worth fuck all. Like, you can get it for next to nothing. So much so that my friend, um, her copy got eaten by her dog. So I just gave her my one because I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't need it. It's not going to ever be worth anything. Have my copy of friggin' Unlimited Saga. But that game was an RPG where you went around what looks like a sort of board game bridge, grid, badgley building up. 
Mm. Like you choose forks in the path and you move to another spot and an event will happen at that spot and it might be a battle or a bit of story or, you know, something like that. And this is what Metopia is doing. Fairly similar to Unlimited Saga. Um, yeah. But it's, it's decent. I like it. It's fun. It's cool. It sounds yeah. cool. I need to play more of it. I don't know how long the game is, but it's going to take me ages to get through it because um, they've got that whole thing where, like, you get a little flag on the locations you walk through mm. if you've explored every route. So naturally, I'm not moving on until I've explored each route on each one. That's fair enough. You're doing uh, me with Resident Evil 8, which, yeah. by the way, finally completed. All of. It's all done. It's all done. Oh, you can throw it out now. Pardon? Throw it out now. No, then to my little sister. She would have done it next. Straight in the bin. Anyway. It was, it was a bit sad the moment I realised I'd done everything. I always find that with Resident Evil games. I always, always, well, there might always... be some DLC. You might yeah. get to play as um, Barry. Barry, bullet time Billy is who yeah, I want Barry. to play. Oh, wait, what happened to Billy? I want him back in the game. Billy, he died, didn't he? No, Resident Evil Zero, he just wanders off. He's like, oh. Isn't he the, no, he's the dead body they find in the first one. The helicopter pilot, isn't he? No, 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 no. That's, that's not him. I'm sure he's the dead guy. No, Billy is the prisoner. The one getting eaten by crows. Billy is the prisoner who gets who um, escapes with Rebecca Chambers from the first house. Oh, he was boring, so no one liked him. He wasn't boring! He was in a military operation in which something attacked his team, but then he got blamed for the murder of his team because Umbrella were funding the military. <sighs> yeah. So they were like, lock him up. Uh, build a wolf. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. They drained the swamp and he ran for president. Yeah. Billy! No, he was the one who had bullet time. Did he? Do you not remember Resident Evil Zero? No. In the beginning, there's leeches. It's not one of the attacking. main ones. Pardon? It's not one of the main ones. Spin off. Well, no, it is one of the main ones. It goes zero, one, two, three, four. Spin off. Five, six, seven, eight. Code Veronica. It goes one, two, three, Gun Survivor. <laughs> Gun Survivor one, two, and then Gun Survivor three. Resident Evil Gaiden. Wait, was Dead Aim was the one on the boat? That was the PS2 one, wasn't it? Yeah, the PS2 one on the boat. So it's Gun Survivor 2, and then there was Dead Aim, which was Gun Survivor 3. Why are you 4. talking about Resident Evil anyway? Gun Survivor 3 was a Dino Crisis spin off. Yeah. But why are you talking about Resident Evil? I don't know. I got, I got off on a tangent. I was trying to talk about Metopia. Oh, yeah, how is Metopia? It's alright, it's good. Yeah? It's good. Yeah, finish it. Is it like, is it one of those games? It's a bit like Animal Crossing, isn't it? Like, there's not, it's not a pressure game. No, there's like. no pressure. It's all very chill. Yeah. Everyone's just like, yeah, I'm having a good time. Although, um, Gerard was talking to Dobby. Yeah. And they were making friends and he gave her a present. And then my guy popped his head up in the window and apparently he's very angry. He's getting a bit jealous. Gerard is being a backstabbing bastard, just like he is on Peep Show. You know what? When you describe games sometimes, I imagine something that is probably quite fantastical and, like, bright and graphics are amazing. When I see them, it's often a loop hero situation. <laughs> you know, like, where you can explain to someone, like, loop hero, you just go around in a loop, and each time you go around in a loop, you learn little new bits, and then you add stuff, and that builds a loop bigger and bigger. Yeah, but in Peep Show, um, Mark and Gerard made a Dobby Club, yeah. and they made a rule that one of them was going to ask Dobby out, and the other one, and if they got turned down, the other one would have a shot. Yeah. But before Mark got a chance to ask Dobby out, he spots Gerard going out on a date with Dobby. That backstabbing Judas. Did they actually go on a date before Mark dated her? Well, he comes along and he ejects Gerard because he um, he's all like, "Hey, you broke the rules. We had a club. This is backstabbery." And he's and even Gerard gave up and went. Like, and then, you know, like, do you know what really annoys me about TV programs? 
Well, I don't know. You keep watching them, so they can't annoy you that much. I watched a program called Panic. I'm not going to review it this week because it annoyed me so much. But you know, like, it's the new Amazon hit show. Like, it's like... Never heard of it. Oh, okay. It's advertised on the main Patreon on Amazon Prime video (laughs) and stuff. And it's basically like a bunch of teens that like doing dares. And if they do enough dares, they get money. And one girl wants to do the dares so she can get the money and leave town because she's sick of this fucking dad. All right. And she's got this perfectly lovely guy that she's interested in. He's interested in her. But like she goes around his house and it's like, oh, no, there's a girl there. And like they're like, oh, I don't like you. Why are you watching this fucking Biker Grove level shit? They're all over 20. So it's not actually Biker Grove shit. It's like mid 20 shit. It's got Jack Nicholson's son in it. He's only 29. Jack Nicholson fucked old, you know? Like, well done. Um, of course but, it is Jack Nicholson. That's true. But, um, but yeah, they have one of those conversations that in a teen program, and like, it happens in all programs, actually, but they're like, you don't understand. And then they stop talking, and then the person's like, well, I guess I don't understand then. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand. And I'm like, they can't no. resolve problems in the scene. you got to always... <laughs> it's so You need shit. the conflict to carry on longer. It's so shit. We'll stop watching it. And then, and then, five minutes later, there's a scene where a girl's like, "Oh, I guess that some people just fall for this charming act you're doing." He's like, "It's not a charming act. I really think you're stuck up." And it's like, "Oh, you think I'm just gonna kiss you?" And there's, uh, and it's like, "Yeah, because I'm telling you the truth." And then, like the next scene, they're fucking, or they're waking up after fucking, and you're like, "Who thinks this is how humans talk?" You do. You keep watching it. But no, who talks like? Sounds very realistic. Movies? I was very engrossed in that conversation. <laughs> I was trying to talk about Metopia. Well, no, sorry. I mean, I tried to stop about five minutes ago, but you just keep <laughs> dragging on. But no, but because you can't stick to one thing at a time. You're freaking ADHD, freaking yeah, I mean Asperger's or something. I, I don't know Asperger's. They're in my pockets. Not my ass pockets. Before you start saying that, I've got ass pocket burgers. <laughs> an ass burger is when you shit yourself and it makes a little. Then the turd stays between the butt cheeks. No, an ass burger is where you do a shit that comes out circular and has sesame seeds on top of it. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, because your you butt cheeks. Your butt cheeks fall and the burger in the middle. Like a bum. Oh, well, you just shit yourself in no, And it I stays think, in the middle. Yeah, you get I a nice long line. That's a reverse Oreo. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's an ass burger. <laughs> I always thought that was a reverse Oreo. Anyway, what are you going on about now? I don't know. Am I meant to reviewing a thing now? Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay. Hey, I'm um, out of fucking appetizer. I'm going to review Master of None season three. Uh, it's a bit of a strange, strange season because it's not. Previously, we followed Dell, who was Aziz Ansari's character, and it's like sort of like his world and what was happening around it, and there would be. It would basically be an exploration of filmmaking and like indie filmmaking, but also classic filmmaking and how things worked and you know they would just there'd be a lot of intent behind the camera um, the newer series is a bit strange it's, like when make telling stories in TV shows and films no more like it's like um, there's a lot of French new wave inspiration to the way that it's shot and the way it's directed I mean like you get hints of, of a lot of French cinema from like say the 60s through to the 80s just filmmaking there's also there's also some episodes that feel a bit like one car Wai. Uh, specifically, like Chunking Express and what was the other one? Twenty, the one that's in the hotel. I think you can give him a bit too much credit there. Okay, but anyway, so uh, the new some of series... it feels very reminiscent of uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. especially the magic where he goes to the special. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of influences from uh, Travis Knight um, and uh, and Brett Ratner. 
Oh, right. I should put them in the same category. Travis Knight's way better than Brett Ratner. Travis Knight also doesn't molest people. No, I don't think so. No, yeah, Brett Ratner. We can't. I mean, he's still new on the scene. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anyway, so yeah, it's a, it's a new series and it follows... Um, you probably molested Bumblebee on the set. <laughs> it follows a character that we met in the series where Del was, Del was around, um, who was his friend, the lesbian lady. I can't remember the name of her, so I'm just going to quickly bring up the details. Oh, you just don't remember the lesbian. No, it's because I watched it a couple of weeks ago, so... I watched it when it was released and then I didn't review it last time because I had too much and then I ended up not reviewing half the stuff that I wanted to anyway. Uh, Denise. So Denise is um, Del's friend and she's an author now. She wrote a book of poetry... She's an did, orphan. Orphan. Oh. Um, did fairly well. She wrote a book of poetry and uh, she bought a property out in the out in the sort of the wilderness to go and live with her wife. Um, and they've got this beautiful romance and they're very sweet together and their relationship's really nice and, and you know, everything seems to be going well. They decide that they're going to have a child together after speaking to Del. So Aziz Ansari is briefly in this series twice. So um, he's not even the main character anymore. No. No, it's all about their relationship, uh, the the two women's relationship. And so, yeah, Del visits, and him and his girlfriend at the time are fighting. They're not really getting on. Basically, Del's career in the previous series, he was like a chef for a brief time, and then he started a TV program with someone who turned out to be a sex offender and, like, was molesting people from... Oh, right, what you know. Yeah. Um, and so Del sort of took a stand against him, and that blacklisted him in Hollywood, and there was no way of him sort of uh, coming back. And so he's sort of disgraced now and he's living with his parents with this girl who constantly complains and doesn't seem happy. And it's just not a happy relationship. And sort of it's a nice contrast to see two people that constantly argue with two people that don't constantly argue. But then fractures start to appear in the relationship between Denise and her wife because they decide to have a child and everything seems to be going well. But after many failed attempts, they just sort of, it takes its toll on the relationship. Well, I mean, they're going to fail between them. They need to adopt or need to get a surrogate. No, they're two women. Yeah. They don't need a surrogate, they need a sperm donor at... Well, that sort of thing. Biology. sperm donors, whatever, same thing. No, it's not! (laughs) They're two very different functions. I mean, they can't try themselves. I itch my balls. Uh, So, yeah, they... uh, They need need some outside help. (laughs) So they go through IVF treatment and things like that to try and increase fertility because they fail to have a child once. Um, And and yeah, and it's sort of seeing the, the fractures in the relationship grow and grow and grow... Until finally, they both sort of reveal that it's too broken. Mm. And then there is a sort of um, a reprise of the themes of the first few episodes in the final episode in which they reconnect. And you get the sort of sense that, that there are still these tethers keeping them going back. Like, there are still these familial tones and, and voices going on. Anyway, so the... the the series itself is very slow, very quiet. It's subdued. There's none of... I think removing Enzies and Sari from the series is a smart idea and having him as a secondary character to come in is brilliant because you couldn't really make a series like this with him as a character because his personality, his energy, and also his voice... Well, he couldn't play a very convincing lesbian. Well, he tried. <laughs> his voice and everything else, like, he doesn't really fit the tones of this series... And it, as a as an art piece, works really well. But because it's so slow to begin with, I can see this turning off a lot of people that liked Master of None Series 1 and 2. It almost feels like it shouldn't be related to that property. Like they should have given it a different name and potentially made it into a film. Because it's only six episodes and they vary in length between 23 and 40 minutes. And you could have really cut it down so it's just a long movie. 
maybe there was contractual obligations to make a third season. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That could be it. Um, but this is better than a lot of the shit that they made for Master of None. I think some of my be- favourite episodes of Master of None were the ones where it wasn't about Dell. Like, they had an episode where it was free relationships and they showed you sort of the the two parties in each of those relationships. It, things like there was a there was an episode where they had a 15-minute segment that was a but death who is couple. the Master of None? No one. No one is? No one. What is the freaking show named none after? None is a concept, isn't it? Because none to nothing, you know, you're a master of something. Everyone is a master of their own lives. They're de- they're what well, they're their direction at the very least. <coughs> Unless you refuse to be a master of your own direction, but even then, you are deciding a direction to go in. Yeah. Anyway, so Master of None, yeah, uh, season three. It's it's really well done. The acting's brilliant. It takes a really strange approach in the in the aspect ratio. So again, it's another one of those ones where it's not. It's like sixteen by ten. Or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's the cool thing to do now. So, just so do a yeah. funny aspect ratio. So you lose the sides, but it's like an old widescreen style picture. It's because people think it's arty now. This kind of it matches this it, because it does give you the idea that it's because it <clears> mostly <throat> takes place in a smaller. It takes place in their house. It doesn't really travel outside of that. So even when you've got these wide shots of like an open area, it's sort of them in their environment in this place, and it does make it feel like a home. It makes it feel like you're in an environment rather it's artistic, than like, like Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. Army of the Dead. Yeah, um, <laughs> Zack um, Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, just like Zack Snyder's Justice yeah. League. Um, it's I the mean, same he length. took more off the sides. It's the same length, you know. So why not? Right. Um, I really liked more it. Happens in it. I really liked Master of None um, season three, but I don't think that it's going to really be for everyone. Uh, especially homophobes probably won't like it because lesbians. Um, but it did. It had. I a think f- you'd like lesbians. Well, if you're a homophobe, just in general, if you're a big manly man. Usually, big manly men aren't they? Big manly men, so they can meet other big manly men or Mate, smaller that's, men. That's a bear. Yeah, and then you get cubs. This cub. It's a cub? Yeah. Is that just like a midget that's a bear? No, no, it's a young, younger... Oh, young cub? Yeah. Oh. Cub. Like a child. And have you lived long enough to see yourself become... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's 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 an interesting series, but it's hard to quantify anything because it is, it is a strange. It's a strange experience watching it. Um, they're so naturalistic as well, the pairing of the two people that are the leads. Um, I don't know... I don't know if it was them writing it. I don't know if it was partly done through some improvisation. But yeah, really interesting, really good series. Um, but it isn't for everyone. So I'm going to give it uh, Helen Mirren. Is it saying Helen Mirren isn't for everyone? No, she's a very classy lady, but she sometimes does some trite shit. I don't think I don't think everyone's going to enjoy it, but I think that lots How of people should try and How dare you call Helen Mirren trite? Have you seen any of the Fast and Furious films she's in? She's in the Fast and Furious films? Yeah. Sweet. And she's just in Hobbs and Shaw. She's in Red. She's in Red 1 and 2? Yeah. Hello, mummy. I'm Jason Statham. I would believe that Helen Mirren is Jason Statham's mum. I'd believe I could fly. I'd believe I could touch the sky. And? I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. What did he have in his cupboard? I believe I can soar. In his closet. What did he have in his closet? Is it? Oh, um... God, fuck it. R. Kelly? Yeah, it was, um... <laughs> what was the... There's... 
<laughs> it gets so trapped in the closet gets to I think is it chapter four or five, and it's like and then the policeman comes in he's like hey that's my lover she's like I'm not your lover and then the priest goes I'm his lover and then there's a major <laughs> yeah trapped in the closet <laughs> yeah well he's trapped in the closet because he's hiding because he's expecting to catch his wife's infidelity and then it escalates because it turns out he's got his own infidelity going <gasps> um. And that he is, in fact, having sex with a priest or a policeman. I can't remember which. Um, but R. Kelly. Have you listened to all of Trapped in a Closet? No. I would recommend no. giving it a go. It's, uh, it's not a fucking The jazz. ramblings of a mad sex offender. Never. I'm never going to listen to it. Never going to listen to no, it? No, never. There's, I think there's like 40 chapters now as well. Jesus. Because it started off like there was a single album. But then he kept adding chapters to it and it became like this weird magnum opus for a sex offender losing his mind. It's a novel, yeah. Yeah. It's Your review, Anne. Oh, there's a new Black Panther game coming out. Oh! Child, things are going... <laughs> Come on, Anne, your review. Come on, what are you reviewing? I don't know. I don't know. What have you thought about it? No? No. No, I don't really... I don't really give a shit. Um, right. Let's review Going Under. Going Underground. Going Under is a roguelike game set in a... uh, No, it's set in a tech startup company. Okay. It's like this big thing. They just make juice, some juice flavours. They're very strange flavours. Yeah. Whatever. You get a job as an intern. And naturally, as an unpaid intern, your job involves going to the lower floors in the building you're on and defeating the monsters that live in the offices of the former startup companies that have folded at some point before you. Um, Normal stuff. Um, And, you know, you have to go down there. You have to fight. You go down to the next floor below. It's called Joblin. And all the monsters in there are goblins. Oh, right. Because they're they're joblins, goblins. They're obviously some sort of job-based thing oh job based goblins joblins joblins yeah yeah and you go in and you just beat them up kill them you have to kill them it makes it very clear that you're killing these people and not just you know just not just injuring them um and it's a roguelike you know you work your way through a few floors you beat the boss you can go to the other area there's a whole bunch of different floors you can go to different companies that have failed at some point and your company is some big tech startup that's never going to fail it's too big to fail so you know it's probably going to fail at some point but um, no, it's a really fun. It's got a really cartoony, silly art style. Everything's all a little bit wobbly and stuff. And the characters are all like, you know, weird proportions and long limbs and stuff. Mm. Um, the combat's really kind of like finicky. It's it's purposely designed to be sort of loose and imprecise. Like you pick up weapons and you swing them around. You get a few hits and then they break. And it wants you to pick up objects. So you can use pretty much any object around. So you can pick up keyboards and smack people with keyboards or staplers. You get giant staplers and fire staples at people oh cool um it's pretty cool yeah you can set fire to stuff you get good electric guitars <gasps> you know because of the monsters um and yeah it's just a fun little game you know as you travel through the dungeons there's some night art design like when you go through a door the wall sort of like slides away like you're sliding away a piece of paper and looking into the next oh right yeah, yeah like, like, a, like comic zone like a cubicle being slid away oh. um like like a cubicle wall being removed or something. That's not how they get removed. But you know, it just slide it just slides away. Um but you know, you might find rooms where there's perks and bonuses or you find a shop that's selling 
items and food and avocado toast and stuff like that because yuppies. Oh, right, yeah, that's what all yeah. these millennials live off. And you get given jobs by the other workers. They want you to do certain things like defeat a certain amount of enemies in a certain way and they'll give you some sort of bonus and then they'll become your mentors. And when yeah. they're the mentors, you can get extra skills and bonuses from them. Like um, if you get the owner of the company on your side, he gives you a debit card that you can just buy whatever you want with. And doesn't tell you any of the downsides of it, but once you buy something with it, a big ball and chain is attached to you that says debt on it. And you have to run around with this debt slowing you down until you've earned enough money to pay off the debt you paid for with the card. Yeah. So you could use the card to buy yourself up a ton of stuff, but you're going to have debt dragging you down. But you can pick it up and throw it at enemies if they're close enough. So you can smack them with your debt. It's quite fun. Um, you jump in little cars and drive people over in the offices, just riding around, little office cars. Just All right. smacking the people. Quite fun. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's a fun little quirky, silly game. It's, I mean, the imprecise combat's probably not going to be for everyone because it is very swing your arms around and hope you hit stuff. You can lock onto enemies, but you know, it's you know, you're not, you're not going to do that too often. You're just going to swing around, get a giant pencil and stab so people. It's a bit like Skyrim style combat. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a fun, quirky, cartoony thing. I think it could be something that they could turn into a cartoon. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool. Pretty cool, like you know, you know, like the Cartoon Network regular show esque tones yeah it has a good like i mean to be honest it's a good plot isn't it they just make juice and then you find out there's other stars that you're on top of yeah you're in some sort of big old city where all these tech companies have you know propped up and they're all they're all companies that are basically got apps and they're all you know all lifestyle choices and their offices are all fun open plan environments dude Hmm. and all this sort of stuff and it's like they're built to fail like the guy who the owner of the company says, this is his big comp success and it's going to be his biggest success ever after all the other ones have failed before him. And it's not like a pattern that he sees. It's just, he's a big success. And he'll be safe because if the company fails, he's still a millionaire. It doesn't matter. It's, he's still got the money he's, <laughs> he's taken from it. Yeah. He can just go start another one up and stuff. Um, but there's like people in the office that you come across and they've all got different quirks. Like you get the one girl who's the IT girl who just, um, she's clearly can see through all the bullshit and doesn't give a damn. There's one guy who's completely committed to making new flavours of juice because it's his dream. He loves making new flavours of juice. Like mixing pomegranate pomegranate and watermelon or something and Hmm. coming up with great new flavours. It's his dream, but it's going to get crushed eventually. You can tell the whole time that this this company's going to fail just like all the others. Yeah, you could almost, like I I can imagine something like this being a good animated film where it's actually like Hmm. Where instead of it being flavors of juice, it's like a company that makes well, the juice product that, doesn't matter. That makes you feel better or like makes you feel worse. Well, the product doesn't matter. The product's got nothing to do. With no, you no, I know, I know. But what you could do is you could have it being fed free. So you know those startup companies. Every time a startup company is going through like the seven stages of grief, each one of those stages gets converted into a juice. So they're trying That's to run these companies else. through and exhaust them. You're and trying to focus too much imagine, on the juice. Here. Imagine, imagine you you remember Astrobot. Juice has nothing to do with it. You remember Astrobot. And you've got like the discarded robots as newer models are brought in. The discarded ones are just dropped, and no one cares. You have that, but it'd be entire companies. Yeah. Why are you focusing on the juice so much? I don't know. I'm really thirsty. Why have you got a whole bottle of Coke you're drinking? Like freaking no liter of Coke. It's disgusting. It's one point two five liters. It's not good for you. No, I don't tell me about it. No. no. Oh my god. <coughs> but anyway, going under. It's good fun. It's in this month's humble choice bundle on PC. It's on Switch for six ninety nine. If you live in Russia, <coughs> it's like seven quid right now. What? Seven quid right now. All oh, right, yeah. You seven penny if you live in Russia. <sighs> what? But anyway, it's good fun. It turns out that Black Panther game I saw. 
Hmm? It's actually an add-on for the Marvel Avengers game that you like so oh. much. Oh, yeah, yeah, great. Sweet. I'm going to download that straight away. <sighs> How do you think that they're going to monetize their tribute to Chadwick Boseman? What? <laughs> Oh, Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. How do you think they're going to monetize? They'll put a flat in the game that has BLM on it. They'll make it so you can you can play as Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. But it costs a tenner. It, you play as this reanimated corpse. And I don't mean like they're CGI'd Chadwick Boseman. I mean they're literally going to let you control his corpse. For a tenner? Yeah, it'd be like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> oh, God. He's <laughs> really sad because it's not a criminal that's died. It's a beloved figure and a great actor cut down. But Bernie, prime. Bernie, like he, he had. He was a criminal. Yeah, but he was still just he was the boss. He really liked. Uh, what he was liked the ladies. What was the sequel? And shell what suits. The, what was the music that brought him back to some life? Nice samba music. It, it was, was samba like, music. Yeah. yeah, people forget the second one had voodoo in it. And the first one was voodoo in it. That's how they got him moving. Did the first one have voodoo? Yeah, there's the voodoo magic that made him move. It wasn't no, just the music that did it. it is, there's magic attached to it. Yeah, I thought the magic was only in the sequel. Corpses don't just come No, but they like lifted moving. him up and they walked him around. That was the whole point. So in the first one, they're at his beach house. They get invited for the weekend and they pretend that he's still alive so they could take advantage of his beach He still house. dances around in the first one. No, he doesn't. It's only the sequel that he danced around because no, the voodoo magic. I watched that a lot when I was a kid. I'm going to, right now, I'm going to, on, on camera. Yeah, your review. I'm going to review a thing. And Is then it going I'm gonna, under? It's good. Download it. It's I'm going to review a thing and then I'm going to fucking rip apart It's a quirky lies. little game that's like poking fun at the world's current obsession with getting rich off some big company, claiming you're some sort of like, you know, self-made millionaire. I am! When really... I sold the coke to make the millions. You're exploiting people, the yeah. people who have to go and murder joblins. Jobless goblins. Yeah. Well, goblins were jobs. Well, no, his, well, their startup business was a job search company. It was an uh, app to help you find jobs. Oh, right. But obviously it didn't work for them. Yeah, because they became goblins. Yeah, and then you they kill mutated. them. mutated. Then you go down there and kill them. Because the juice, the juice made them mutate. They didn't have the juice. No, the juice was the runoff juice. It was defective you didn't have, your juice. Your company wasn't there. Oh. You know? Anyway... Ruin another, ruin another review. Fine, you know, whatever. I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You play as a Viking. I've been playing it for about seven or eight hours, and I'm finding it really hard to keep forcing myself to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I'm quite bored of it already. Combat is very Dark Soulsy, but without any of the uh, any of the. Um, any of the technical aspects of Dark Souls that make that combat so satisfying? Uh, there is a very poor lock-on system that doesn't really work very well, which is something that I remember from Assassin's Creed 2. Um, all in all, it is not a strong game, nor it is, is it really a showcase for what the PS5 can do, Is because there are a couple of areas where even six months down the line after its release, there are technical issues. Like, if you go into one of the large wooden huts where there are a lot of um, fights and, and conversations that you have with your fellow Norsemen, um, the lighting fucks up and there's just an orange hue to everything. That's what it was like in Viking times. There's no lighting source. It's just, like, very difficult to see and very orange, like a fil- like a lens over the over the image. And then when you step outside, everything goes back to normal. But then there are some weird slowdown bits as it sort of goes a bit wonky. But then it goes back to being okay. 
Um, I had a couple of people disappear through the floor, so that was good. And, oh, uh, one of the, one of the things I need to warn people about, if anyone's thinking about investing in this game and having a go, when you get the, the little hidden assassin's blade, when you get that, you are told to assassinate a bunch of people in order. Um, if you go and assassinate the one that's hanging from the ledge, as they're telling you to assassinate the one that's hanging from the ledge, and you don't wait for the point marker to turn up, the game will be stuck in a loop in which you will not be able to progress as it will just send the cursor to where the dead body lies that you just killed because it told you to kill him, but you did it a little bit too quickly. Um, all in all, not a fun experience, but I will persist with it and hopefully I'll get some fun out of it since it was, I think it was £30. Uh, but all in all, yeah, consider this my filler review because Ratchet and Clank disappeared. Ratchet and Clank disappeared. Uh, yeah, my copy of Ratchet and Clank. Apparently Amazon delivered it. They did not. Oh. So I'm assuming that they either dumped it at someone else's property, or there's a 92 somewhere on this estate that they left it, or they left it on the front door when neither of us were in, or they didn't knock when they did this, and it was taken by someone, which is also very plausible. Thanks, Amazon, as always. Uh, Assassin's Creed... Valhalla. I can see this being a good game if you very much like Norse mythology. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Um, there are some Norks mythology. Norks boobies. There's some interesting little mini games, but for the most part, it is more Assassin's Creed. And you know, your mileage on how fun a game in the Assassin's Creed series is based on your is based entirely on your taste. Um, I was hoping to get a little bit more out of it. I did not. So. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I may have a revised opinion later on down the line. But for now, I'm going to give it a David Spade. Not the weakest of the launch games I've played so far. That would surely be Destruction All-Stars. Would um, David get Spade? Yeah, probably. I don't think his offspring should exist on the Earth. I think yeah. it would or be a polite... Neutering's the girl one, isn't it? No, Neutering's the boy one. Oh, so Spade. David would get noited, neutered. Spade is the is the female version. Um, so yeah, so then Dave would get neutered. It's not Rob Schneider because it's not the worst thing in the world. I did also Rob Schneider's not the worst thing in the world. An anti-vaxer who makes terrible jokes, terrible series that he funds by himself to make himself seem ex- successful. But really, he's an anti-vaxing prick. Nigel Farage. I mean, they're on par. Yeah, but you're suggesting he's worse. You're saying he's the worst thing in the world. He's on par with the worst thing in the you're world. You're saying he is worse than... By definition, something being on dead par babies, with... dead babies, Matt. <laughs> dead babies have their worth. Uh, they can give organs to other babies. They might be dying. Stem cell research. Stem cell research. See, you're arguing against yourself yeah. in this one. Um, yeah, Assassin's Creed... On, it's like, always my problem. Just a quick note. Like, I don't want to fully review it because I haven't had the chance to play it, but Operation Tango is included in PS Plus this week. This month, I should say. What's that? It's a two-player game where you play as spies, and like one of you has like you remember, um, uh, you remember the game where you have like the the bomb, and you have to tell people what to do. Like one person. Oh, you don't talk and nobody yeah. explodes. It's basically like that, but it has no single-player mode, and you can only play with people you know. It oh. doesn't let you just join a game. Oh. So I can't play the fucking thing because most people I know don't have PS5. Good review. Like. Has anyone played Operation Tango? I, I just, like, you I'm wait for ex- them to answer, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah just dead air for the next hour, as I'm like, I guess no one has. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Not great. Your review, Ant? 
So anyway, this transformer I got that turns into a ram. Is this your review? No. Oh, that was a weapon. But um, yeah, you can connect him to the Skylinks I've got up there when he's in base mode. Oh yeah, yeah. And he he becomes a ramp for Skylinks. It you know. Does that affect your life in any way, shape, or form? I mean, the main thing to keep in mind is that he's made of yellow plastic, which oh, cool. yellow transparent plastic does always look like piss. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks. It looks like... Look up Piss Magnus. No, do your review. <laughs> look up Piss Magnus. I'm not doing it now. Look up Piss Magnus. No, because it's a sex And you'll thing. go, you know what? I'm going to look on eBay and I'm going to get you that Piss Magnus. No, I won't. Anyway. You've got more money than me. I've right just now. remembered what the fourth... Go- They're smoking weed out there again. Anyway, my fourth review, third review is Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I've only played like five hours of. Um, oh, yeah, they are, they? Yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising is a game. It's... Got a quirky sense of humour, set in Greek mythology sort of setting. There's been all sorts of shit that's gone down, and Prometheus is telling a story to Zeus of the human hero who is going to save the day. Oh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. And defeat Tartarus, Typhon. Defeat Typhon. Typhon, which is um, one of the moons around Saturn, I think. Yeah. Or was it a planet in Star Trek? Who fucking knows? It could be one or the other. (laughs) Um, I mean... Technically, it would be in Star Trek if it is a moon of sun. <laughs> Whatever. Do they have a visitor? In Enterprise. Okay. <laughs> There's a moon base on Saturn's moon. One of Saturn's moons. Anyway. So, um, yeah, it's quite fun. It's like they've taken the Assassin's Creed Odyssey Origins format open world thing, go about, do some quests, yeah, solve some stuff, but they've simplified it. It's made a bit more for kids, where it's for kids. Very cartoony. It's just Breath of the Wild. But um, yeah, it's very Breath of the Wild. It's yeah. even got the slow-mo arrow shot thing going on in it. It's got the magnet power. It's got your dash. You've got your bomb power. Yeah. Yeah. It is very Breath of the Wild. That's yeah. what's happening though. But even Assassin's Creed Origins like nick some stuff from Assassin's well, Creed Val- of the Wild. Valhalla takes more from Dark Isn't it though? crazy that friggin' Assassin's Creed Origins is long ago enough that even Breath of the Wild is long ago enough that Assassin's Creed Origins was t- pinching stuff from it? Yeah. Like... Like it's it's that time when they finally realise, hey, maybe it's okay to just have vast spaces where you just travel, and travelling's the gameplay. Well, no, it's more like maybe we can make travelling fun and have yeah, and have random things happen to you while you're out and about. Have you unlocked the motorbike yet on uh, Phoenix Rising? The motorbike? No, not yet. I'm sure it's in there. Um, he did make a hilarious joke about the goddess Nike and how they should um put the symbol of Nike on things such as something that you might run with. To protect you while running, such as a helmet. You see, not shoes. It was the <laughs> no, think he was going to say shoes. I know um, the truth about Nike. That quirky humour. We both know the truth about Nike. We've both seen it at Night's Tale. Nazis? No, Night's Tale. Oh. You remember she does, this is my mark, and it's just two swishers. And it's like, ah, oh, I see why you're there there. Night's Tale. It's one swish on Nike. No, it's, yeah, I know, but it's two swishes and Night's Tale. She's like, that's my mark. And like, that's oh. kind of the joke is that... Uh, I can't remember. The film wasn't good. It was great. What are you talking about? It's no first night. <laughs> it's better than first night. Have you put gin in that? No. Why not? I really wanted to. Anyway, I've got work. Was, I'm, I'm liking it. It's just breezy. It's light. It's not too tricky. It's you know. It actually looks really nice at times as well. Yeah, yeah. I quite like when you climb up to the top of a statue, and I'm like, can I jump down from here? Because you can't actually turn the camera angle perfectly downwards. <laughs> Which is really irritating to make me judge whether I could just do a dive into water. So I would like to. 
Um, yeah. Your stamina gauge is bullshit at the start, but then again, I, I, I keep forgetting it is at the start of Breath of the Wild as well. Yeah. In fact, everything in Breath of the Wild is kind of bullshit. That game does not want you to enjoy yourself for the first couple of hours. I would argue that I didn't really use stamina as much as I think I, I did on my You will later, Breath like when you get later in the game and stamina is like the greatest thing in Breath of the Wild and you're like, I'm going to get to the top of that mountain. Yeah, like I think my problem, well, my thing about Breath of the Wild was just playing those first few levels. And when you get to the point where you're riding on the back of dragons and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, Immortals, it's it's fun. I'm liking the progress so far. I've got to play more of it. I'm not massively far into it, but it's decent enough. Little Breath of the Wild light adventure, something for the kids. Yeah, there's some fun little things in there to justify having the Breath of the Wild powers and all the other shit. Like I say, do... it's for kids. It's very like upfront about how much murder and yeah, and incest st- stuff is in Greek mythology. And there's some jokes about incest, and there's yeah. some information about just like, like the Zelda games are famous for. There's a um, woman who got turned into a tree because she had sex with someone. Yeah, what? What a woman? What? Just how dare she? That's that's dare she. that's the stuff they don't tell you about in school. That can happen. Yeah, sex yeah. trees. Yeah, that's why sometimes the woods what, scream. What they mean by getting wood? Don't don't ask your mum. <laughs> the yeah, amount like of times it. at school at work, I was about to say school. Amount of times at work when some one of the guys is you know someone brings up a film one of the guys is like oh, I've never heard of this film before and it's like a film from thirty years ago yeah I'm just like ask your parents oh Caligula can, yeah Caligula <laughs> Barbarella yeah Barbarella's not that bad Caligula's the messed up one Barbarella's not Barbarella's just campy fun it's lots of boobs yeah, a little bit not and much some sex there's not much oh no I'm thinking of Manuel yeah you're probably thinking <laughs> of Manuel, Manuel yeah. in space well there is Manuel in space yeah I know yeah 1994 classic yeah cinema, yeah. <laughs> um, none of them had Shannon Tweed in them though. No, no. But anyway, Hellraiser uh, in space was the same year, I think. Immortals, um, you know, it's full of microtransactions because it's a Ubisoft game. Yeah, that's fucked, isn't it? Yeah, like the pause menu shouldn't be an advert. Uh, it's also got that friggin' annoying cursor menu. I can't stand that. Oh, especially when the cool. menus look like you should just be able to tap for them. Yeah. Yep. There's no reason for I can't stand that. It's Destiny did it. Program, like to, un, to program out the mouse. I mean, like, Destiny it started it, didn't it? And everyone yeah. copies it now. It's a pain in the I can't stand it. Really fucks me off. I'll tell you where it is, though. That you and as love. an accessibility option, just let, let us choose whether we have it or not. It's in your favourite game, though. It's yeah. in uh, Marvel Avengers. You love that, so... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I really so love the Poundland Captain America in that. Captain America in Marvel's Avengers looks like fucking... The Patriot, whatever his name is, from... He looks like one of the lesser Hemsworths. Who's the guy from... He looks like one of the lesser Hemsworths. US Agent. He looks more like US Agent what, than White Captain Russell? America. Yeah. I'm not saying he looks like Wyatt Russell. I'm saying he looks like if you were to take Captain America and the lesser version of Captain America is US Agent, yeah. the Captain America in Marvel's Avengers looks more like US Agent than he does Captain America. It's such a shame as well. That game could have been so good. I might play for Hi, I'm a Tony Stark-like. Yeah. I'm a Robert Downey Jr. type type. I'm living in a caravan. Well, that's South Park one. Was, um, was in South Park with the presenter of MTV, where he introduces himself as a um, whatever the MTV producer is like, because he's not a Ryan Seacrest type. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a Ryan, I'm a Robert Downey Jr. type. But anyway. I got paid $5 to pretend to be Robert Downey Jr. once, and now I'm doing this hot stuff. Um, Yeah. All right. Now your review then. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. All right. I mean, I'll play more of it at some point. I'm just playing my Optimus Prime. My next review is going to be... I've got Optimus Prime. My next review is going to be Spiral from the book of the book of Saw. Why do you insist on 
always reading the entire title. So Spiral from the Book of Saw is a film produced by Chris Rock, but directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, who you may know from Saw's 3 to 7. Oh, God. So let's get into this. Chris Rock is a cop on the edge. He's a comedian. Chris Rock is a cop on the edge. Oh, he's playing a cop on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Named Ezekiel, or Zeke for short. And he um, he ratted out one of his mates, who was also a cop, who shot an innocent man to cover up a crime <laughs> done by another cop. The fuck? <sighs> that cop sounds bad. And because he did that, he got shot in the back. And so now he's acting outside the law. So he's still catching bad guys, but he's doing it in a way that sometimes a little bit like, maybe don't do this because it might be a crime. Anyway, someone is killing dirty cops. And that is one thing that the team that Zeke is on has a lot of. Dirty fucking cops, mate. Like, dirty it sounds like this already, it sounds like they wanted to do a story about Danny Glover's character from... Yeah. The original film. Yeah, but Danny Glover's like 900 years old. That's basically what it was. Last it is. time I saw Danny Glover, and I've actually seen Danny Glover quite a few times, he was looking very frail and walking around with a walking stick the whole time. So I would rather he wasn't in films unless he was sitting down the whole time. He was in that film Badasses with Danny Trey. Well, he was in. Um, yeah, he shouldn't have been in that, but <laughs> he was in um, the second Jumanji, wasn't he? Yeah. But he got to sit down the entire time. He was in Jumanji. And then he just got to let. Um, Kevin, what's Part his face, do a pretty him. good impression. Yeah. With his mannerisms. Although Aquafina was far better. He was. Aqua- he was she, Aquafina's friggin' low-key, probably one of the most um, impressive actors right now. <laughs> one of my... But Saw. <laughs> that's, that horse was pretty good as Danny Glover, too. <laughs> In two Munji. Too many Munjis. And now we've got three Munji. <laughs> they keep on Munji. When are they going to make Zafura canon? I want him to do it now because it's not that bad a film. Anyway, um, so Spiral from the Book of Saw from Darren Limbozman is, uh, yeah, so Zeke is teamed up with a new cop named Schneck, Schneck, Shrek. Oh, no. Shrek. It might be Shrek. Um, <laughs> teams up with Shrek to track down the new Jigsaw killer because someone's putting cops in traps. Because Eddie Murphy was. And, uh. There's a missed opportunity for Eddie Murphy to play the lead there. <laughs> um,. And so his dad, Samuel L. Jackson, is helping him investigate and work out what's happening, why these dirty cops are going away, or getting getting killed. And it's obviously because they're dirty cops. <laughs> but God forbid someone say that, because Zeke gets angry if people say that. Um, this is a weird film. <laughs> it's a fucking weird film. Because Chris Rock is playing it like he's a comedian in a film. And so often he'll be like telling jokes that sound like his material, because he's a 55-year-old man that's not very connected with modern day. And uh, 55-year-old millionaire. That's true. And Samuel L. Jackson at one point says motherfucker. And I never thought that I'd hear Samuel L. Jackson say motherfucker sounding like it has a question mark on the end. He's like, motherfucker? <laughs> like, it's like he's not even invested in saying his it catchphrase. It had a time put a question yeah. mark on the auto cue. Comma, space, space, question mark. That's how he pronounces I'm it. I'm Ron Burgundy. And it's like... It's such a fucking weird concept in the first place. So they know that jigsaw copycats exist. So they know there are people out there that that sort of take on this persona. And also, someone says that there's acolytes. 
So they obviously know about the people that were helping him in the other films as well. Oh, did, were we supposed to read comic books before I this? I don't fucking know. Um, but, like, the thing is that Shrek is an interesting character for a killer because the idea that he is going to kill dirty cops and only dirty cops and the way that he's going to do that is... Oh, sorry. Yeah, Shrek's the killer. Fuck, I, I, I spoiled that. You kind of know because... You're for- spoiling it. 40 minutes into the film, he goes missing and they find skin in a box with like this paint inside of it and it just has a tattoo. And they're like, my partner had a tattoo just like that. And they cut back to his tattoo and it looks nothing like the one that's on the skin. So you're like, this is obviously someone's just, you know, trying to set this up. So it's a bit stupid. Some of the, some of the actual traps are dog shit as well. Like one of them, a guy has, uh, has a mask around his face with these two, like uh, two bits of plastic in his mouth and he has to bite down on the bits of plastic and they'll pull his fingers off like so basically his hands like he's like in a pool of water in his fingers and he has to bite it down he has to keep it bitten down to pull his fingers off because if he doesn't pull his fingers off he's going to get electrocuted in this water but when he wakes up there's enough slack that he'd be able to get out of the pool of water and not get electrocuted once the water rose to hit this loose wire so I don't understand why he didn't just get out the water. Instead, he bites down. He has his, his fingers, fingers in a trap, though, doesn't he? Yeah, no, but there's like so much slack when he wakes up that he could just like get out the water and his be fingers like, be out the trap. Yeah, like everything would be. Well, his fingers are still be in the trap, but the water's just going to get electrocuted. Like it doesn't pull his fingers off after the fact. Was his hands above or below the water level? No, his hands were above. His whole body was like above. It only went up to like just just around his mm-hmm. legs. He could have gotten up out of the water. And just stood next to it and like been like, I'm wait for the police. Yeah. But he didn't. He's like sin. Like and like I was like, maybe there's something around his neck that means that he has to sit like that, you know, a bit like he's uh, a bit with his arms and legs outstretched in front of him. Yeah. But no, like at one point he's just going all the way into this machine where his fingers are getting pulled off and he's like he's like Oh no And like I'm like, you had a lot of slack. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. There's another one where a guy has to pull his tongue out. Like, his, basically, he's got, like, a thing for his tongue. And he has to, like, rip his tongue off to jump out the way of a moving train. Oh. Um, apparently, there's only one train going through the station. And it doesn't go through very often because it's quite an elaborate thing that's set up there. Uh, but, yeah. So, that's that's another puzzle. Jigsaw's very busy. He set these traps up. There's one where a guy... Years actually, ago. One of my favourite ones, there's, uh, you know, the glass crushing things from, like, Punisher Warzone that he chucks that guy in? You know, like, grinds up the bottles and they get recycled. Oh. Yeah. It's like one of those, but it has, like, two... The Coke grinder things yeah. from Living Daylights. Maybe. Uh, it's got one of those, but it has, like, the, two the father from The the priest from Repossessed gets chucked into it. Yes. Or oh, was it Robert Darby? It might be Robert Darby. I don't know. But it has these two flumes on it, so the glass gets fed in, and then it sort of like goes through these flumes into the processing thing. Instead of that, though, someone's removed the flume, so it just flies out like a fucking gun. Oh. And they've got a guy strapped up by his wrists in front of it, and Chris Rock has to find a key and undo it before the guy is killed with glass just flung at his fucking body. Oh, that and sounds nasty. Chris Rock takes more than a... Because like, if the glass gets in there, like it's not just removing the big shards. There's little fragments of glass you have to start removing. One of the things that I found really funny is that they show the the wall, like as the glass flies through, some of it like hits the wall and gets stuck in. 
it's all like pane of glass glass. Oh. We never see him feed a window in. We never see glass balls go in. There are like these big fuck off sheets of glass that are like shurikens yeah. that have gone in the wall. Um, Isn't the whole point of those machines to crumble it to dust? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but not this one. Yeah. It makes deadly shurikens. That saw, jigsaw. <laughs> that jigsaw. <laughs> Made the teeth just a bit How did he find the time to build all these traps before no he idea. died? There's a really good one where Samuel L. Jackson is hooked into a device. Why are you spoiling the film so much? Are you going to watch it? Well, you made me, you told me to watch it. I don't think I need to now. Oh, okay. There's one where a no woman... No watching it. There's one where a woman has her body tied down and she has to, she has to like, drive oh, her... Oh, was this, was this produced by Harvey Weinstein? Maybe. She has to drive her neck Before against. He she has to drive her neck against this really sharp blade uh. to cut her spinal cord to make it so she can't walk anymore, uh. or have hot wax poured on her face. How hot's the wax? Very hot, hot enough to sear her skin off. Oh, because hot wax usually cools really quickly once it comes off of wherever yeah. it's on, and it as soon as it lands on you, it'll, it'll drop to room temperature pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't retain. Yeah. Heat very I've long. seen I've seen that film with uh, William Dafoe and Madonna. What's really funny as well is she has enough what room. Was that film to with William Dafoe and Madonna where she pours hot wax on she it? She has enough room to move her neck forward and then back to sort of slam it against this knife. Yeah, but she doesn't just sort of hold it forward so the wax lands on the thing behind her, yeah. or just so it goes in her hair. Like I'd rather lose my hair. Then have my face burn off, you know. Is it like was a House of Wax? The um, no, no, where she, the where, Jared, one. where Jared Padalecki, like his friend, goes up to him and goes, "I've got it. I'll take this. Li- like, I'll take the wax off your face." And he peels it, and it's like his face is underneath. He's like, "Ah!" We can't scream because his face is covered in wax. Apparently, I recently searched for Frank Stallone. Who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not great. You know, it's not great, but it's better than Saw 3D. It's on par with Jigsaw, because I think that is funny. One of the things that's really interesting is that it's shot by a competent cinematographer. So although it still has a lot of those forced, like, zoomy cuts and stuff, um, they're actually used more to show Chris Rock's fracturing mental state. So, like, if something happens to someone, like, if someone dies... It sort of gives a view of what internally he's going through, like he's screaming into a void, and then it cuts back to him just being normal. Um, but yeah, other than that, like you know, uh, it's not the worst Saw film. It's not a very good one, but it's not the worst one. I think they've already. I mean, none of them are good. Saw two, Saw Saw one is Saw three. You know. Saw Jigsaw's not bad. Um. It, what's really cool is that, yeah, the sing- cinematography and the set design and, and everything else, the art Body direction. of Evidence. What's Body of Evidence? That's the film where Madonna drips hot wax on um, Willem Dafoe as a sex thing. Oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, he, like, they get off on it. It's you know what? In, in that pairing, I'd rather see Willem Dafoe naked. Well, you can watch Madonna. Antichrist. That's true. He's apparently got a massive dick. Well, it's a fake one in that. No, no, like in real life he has a massive oh, dick. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Why is your stomach growling? I don't know, but um, Madonna played a singing telegram in a film called Blue in the Face, which is, I presume, something that many people, Madonna's dated. Oh, I'm going to give, I'm going to, well, Sean Penn definitely did. I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give this a Tim Robbins. No, Matthew Modine. You know, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's right, right there. You know, just a little bit better than than okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I've watched it twice now. 
I think my favorite scene is the scene where Samuel L. Jackson has like a Wolverine thing that comes out from underneath his arms. Jigsaw designs like the sexoskeleton thing and it comes out his arms from underneath and like it's like uh, two two tubes it comes out and it's like and uh, and that's funny to me. Wait, is Jigsaw making cyborgs now? You you have to watch it to find out. So made me laugh. Made me laugh. Fucking I enjoyed. That like what's really funny is that like the whole time they're setting up that that Zeke is doing all the murders, but he's so often with other people that it couldn't be him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't cut him out as a suspect just because he could be working with someone. I mean, it's the Saw movies. They're very clever movies. Like, yeah. do you remember in Saw Two when he's like, where he's like, where is my son? And he's like, he's in a very safe place. And it's because his, his son was in the safe. They do some of that in this. Yeah. They There's a, there's one, the, the little jigsaw jigsaw uh, notes, you know, the radio, the, not yeah. the radio, the recordings. And it goes, will you throw away the key? And he's like, the key's in the bin. <laughs> the room's completely empty except for a fucking bin. Where else is he going to put it? Like, it's, it's almost as bad as he's like... Sure. Madonna's you know. last movie role was uh, swept away. No, she played Princess Selena in the movie animated movie Arthur and the Invisibles. Oh, yeah, it's called Arthur and the Mini Moires. Thirty nine on Metacritic. Yeah, it's called Arthur, Arthur and the Mini Moires in France. The Petit Moires or Mini Moires? I can't remember. Fucking terrible. Uh, and your review? But her last on screen role. Yeah, swept away. In a movie, swept away. Two thousand eight. Die another years. day. No, it wasn't. Swept Away's 2002. What? Die Another Day was winter 2002, and she had a cameo as Verity. Yeah, she was the fencing instructor. Mm. Bad film. She was in Ali G in the house. Well, she was in the music video for Ali G in the house. That was 2000, though. You're a view, Anne. Uh, Madonna. You couldn't make a film like that after 9 Is um, I mean, you know, uh, you know, she's been through some stuff. We'll, we'll give her benefit of the doubt. No, we won't. <laughs> you know? No, I we mean, won't. Both of them are as bad as each other. Well, Madonna and Guy, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Guy Pierce. <laughs> it's Guy Ritchie she was married to. I know, I know. Shane Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Pierce knows what he did, though. Who was the worst American-British power couple? Madonna and Guy Ritchie or Gwyneth Paltrow and that guy from Coldplay? I was going to say Boris Johnson and that Carrie woman. Is <laughs> <laughs> she American? No, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> They're uh, just awful. Tony Blair and, and, and uh, George W. Bush. <laughs> Your review, Ant. Star Trek, The Next Generation, yeah, Season 6. Um, I've forgotten what episodes happen in the series, but um, let's say it's a good series. <laughs> right, there is a bunch of episodes in this series. There's lots of stuff that happens in this series. It's got some classic ones like the time that Riker um, thinks he's supposed to be acting in the play. And the reality of the play he's acting in seems to be crossing over with something else, as if the reality of the play is real itself. Um, and he's like flitting back and forth between being on the Enterprise and being in this play. It's because they're doing some crazy experiments on him. They're trying to make him. He's an, and some aliens captured him, and they're doing experiments on him, and they're trying to make him go mad so he spills details about stuff. It's that sort of thing. Good episode. Good horror episode. Um, this series, they had a couple of two-parters. Multiple two-parters, which they haven't done before then in TNG. They're all the two-parters in The Next Generation have pretty much been saved for the um, the big movie, the big end season events. 
but they, you know they bumped a few out of this series there was some fun ones there was another time travel thing going on sort of you know it's stuff happening it's fine but we'll say uh the best of the show is past now um while season six is not a bad season of star trek by any means it is better than anything we've had in star trek for the last 20 years except for star trek beyond which was fantastic um it is still not it's not it's not as good as the previous seasons seasons three four five are like must watch tv yeah some of the best star trek ever just great episodes great writing great character development and stuff this series it loses it a bit. You get some good stuff though. Like there's there's a two part with Worf where he's going off to try and find his father. He's heard that his father was actually captured, which to Klingons is a bad thing. If you're captured, you should kill yourself because you know you have a more honourable death in killing yourself than being a prisoner, as far as Klingons are concerned. Um, but he goes off to this planet and finds Klingons living with Romulans. <gasps> it seems like the prison prison guards basically rehab sort of like conditioned the Klingons to being best mates with them. And now there's this whole generation of young Klingons who have never actually known Klingon stuff. And it's like a nice little thing where Worf's like, you know, starts teaching them about Klingon history and stuff like that. And it's one of these things where the Romulans are like, no, no, we all live equally as a society, but only under their rules. You know, there's a little racism element there where it's like, these Klingons may be Klingons, but we've got them to live like us, so it's okay. Yeah. Colonize, you know, colonialism. You know, where, yeah. you know, like how you get the British people who are like, oh, he's one of the good ones, he is, when they're referring to an Asian person who's basically whiteified themselves around white folk to, you know, make sure they don't pick on him. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's that sort of thing. You know, the Romulans have basically made the Klingons more like them in this colony so that they can basically keep them under control so they don't like it when Worf comes in and starts introducing you know hunting and stories about Kalis um, but you know it's good stuff it's fine stuff alright oh, so this is like that this is the whole oh, okay Worf okay, getting Worf getting some development yeah because he's had his status as a Klingon in dispute for the last few seasons he's getting a character arc um, I don't think at this point they decided they were going to move him to Deep Space Nine or anything I think at this point they were still set on Worf being next generation and that's it um, the season. What's the lifespan of the Klingon? Uh, like about 190 years, 200 years. They live a long time. Fucking It's only so they can get some of the actors who are in the original series to appear in the new shows, though. Oh, right. I mean, so that's the only reasons why some species live for a long time in Star yeah. Trek. I think that Star Trek was always one of those shows where they, they don't answer a lot of questions about the actual species. They're well, just you want to have callbacks to the original series, but you've yeah. set your show 100 years in the future. Someone's going to have to age or go through a time warp of some variety. Um,. But there's another one as well where um, Worf goes on a pilgrimage. It's a few weeks after this two-parter and he's like, because he was worried that some of the Klingons didn't like the stories he was telling them. They doubted the stories of the Klingons and Kaelas. Yeah. Kaelas being like their deity. Um, he was like, you know, the first Klingon warrior who set out the rules for Klingon honour and all this sort of stuff. And he goes off and he has a vision of Kaelas. Not just a vision, but like Kaelas appears before him and everyone can see him. And it's basically this whole story where some Klingons have genetically engineered a copy of Kaelas using his blood, because he did exist. He was a person who allegedly exists, like a Turin Shaud thing. And it was basically asking the question, like, let's say science had the technology to bring Jesus back, if they found genuinely found Jesus' blood, mm-hmm. and they genetically engineered him and filled him with all the tales that they had taught, would he still be Jesus? 
And it's like, it's quite fun the way they just like break it down. But then they agree to stick with the lie with the Klingons, um, which is an interesting take. They basically, I don't think he appears again in the show. I think they make this pretty drastic change to Klingon lifestyle here and it's never mentioned again. But I'll find out when I get through Deep Space Nine, won't I? In a year. But no, it's a, it's a fun enough season. Lots of data stuff. The season finale's <sighs> one of the weaker ones because it's the it's a two-parter where there's some Borgs and the Borgs of individuality and then Data starts feeling emotions, but only anger and rage and stuff, only negative emotions. And he starts to wonder whether or not like, you know, he's only capable of negative emotions. And can he still do good if his emotions are negative? Like, he only felt pleasure after he killed a Borg. You know, so it's data stuff. Everyone loves a bit of data. Um, but, you know, it's a fine season of Star Trek. You know? Yeah. It goes to season seven next, which has a bunch of ropey episodes, but ends really strong. And that's the last series. The last episode of Next Generation is fantastic. But, um... Season six is just like it's a mixed bag of stuff that's largely forgettable. Some good two parters. Um, there's some weird stuff with like O'Brien just vanishes a few episodes into the series. Who's O'Brien? He's the chief transport officer, Chief O'Brien. Curly guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, Cole Meany. Yeah, Cole Meany. Yeah, where'd he go? Well, he disappears from the series because he's on Deep Space Nine now. But they never mention in the show that he's in Next Generation that he's going to Deep Space Nine. He literally gets married like the week before he disappears. Um, but then there's one episode later on where they ADR in his voice say when they ask to transport up, which was a faux pas. Yeah, because Cole Meany was a big part of that series. Well, he wasn't at first, but apparently the crew and the writers liked him so much they just kept writing him into episodes. He and really, he became one of those unofficial secondary characters. He was really good in Gangs of London. He's only in it for a couple Cole of... Cole great in everything. Yeah, he's only in it for a couple of... freaking fantastic characters. actor. That's getting a second series. I forgot to mention that. Gangs of London. Peaky Blinders. No, Gangs of London. No. It's, that's the, Gangs of London was the one directed by the guy who directed The Raid. Was Gangs of London the, um, the VR game on PlayStation 4? No. What's that one with the criminals? Oh, the one that was based... Well, Gangs of London was the old 2002 PS2 game. That was The Getaway. The Getaway. It was like a getaway thing. Gangs of London might have been the PSP spin-off. Maybe. But no, Gangs of London, the programme, is the one with Cole Meany where he's the mob boss dad and he dies. And it's like... You can't kill Cole Meany. It's really fucking good. It's directed by Gareth Edwards. Not the one where he has a chip van. No, sorry, Gareth Ed- Evans. Chip van? You mean uh, um, Papa Tango, whatever it was, the the Alan Partridge film? No, he's got a film where he's got a chip van. Yeah, the Alan Partridge film. No, he hasn't got a chip van in that. Oh yeah, he's got the portable with the news van. That's literally just the last five minutes of the yeah, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got the news van. Um, where's the one where he's got a chip van? It's a friggin' God, it's a film in the nineties when he was on Star Trek. Yeah, still. But he, he had a chip van. Yeah, he actually has time off during um, Deep Space Nine to go to film, film it. Film a chip van. Yeah, he's a fil- British film. Um, I think it's a Mike Lee film. Oh really? Um, I like Mike Lee's films. Can't remember its name now. Mike Lee always makes you. really sad and depressing movies. No, he does. Name a happy it's Mike Lee film. Sunshine on Leaf. Kess. Kess is not happy. That bird looked all right. I mean, I watched the first 40 minutes. What happens? Oh, you watch the last one. Yeah, I didn't have time. It's like, old oh, yeah, the bird gets rabies. <laughs> they try to shotgun out the air. No, his older brother kills the bird. This bird did it. He's a fucking shotgun. I know, I know. I'm joking. I was trying to, because you said you only seen the first Brian one. Glover's in it, though. Is he? Yeah, Brian Glover's in Kess. He's the PE teacher. Brian Glover from Smallville? 
No, Brian Glover from Friggin' The Wrestler. Brian Glover The Wrestler? Yeah, he, he was a wrestler. What was his name? He's got a Yorkshire wrestler? accent. He's in Alien 3. He's the one who goes, there ain't no bloody aliens on this bloody... Oh! And he gets dragged up into the thing. So I know him as the dad from Up and Under, the rugby movie star, the guy from 2.4 Children. Possibly. And what was the name of the other guy from Men Behaving Badly? Not Martin Clunes. <laughs> Neil, um, Neil Morrissey. <laughs> Neil Morrissey. Yeah, they're yeah. both in Up and Under. Which really one from Two Point Four Children? The McGann. The, the McGann. Yeah. Yeah. No, one that's not Paul McGann. No, the one that died. Sean McGann. Yeah, he died. recently. Jay McGann. No, he died not recently. He Tim died McGann. Died a, died a few years ago, and there's also got a woman in it who was very popular in the nineties. She was blonde, so of course she was. Bojack Horseman. Yeah. Back in the nineties. Oh, such a good movie. But anyway. But yeah, the dad, the guy that you're explaining from that is, is in Up and Under. He goes, you've got to go up and you go up and under. Gary Olsen was the guy who played the dad in 2.4 Children. It wasn't. Is it not? Chris, Chris, Griff Reese Jones is in this. What was Gary Olsen in? I thought he was in 2.4 Children. I can't remember. Anyway, fucking Star Trek Season 6, Next Generation is good. Anyway, so yeah, moving on. One second. I'm going to get on to Deep Space Nine soon. He was one of the McGann's, wasn't it? He was the dad? No, 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 no. Wasn't... No, he was Ben Porter in 2.4 Children from 1991 to 1999. Oh, well, I'm thinking of another sitcom. What? Other than 2.4 Children? The one that Honor Blackman was in. Who? What was the one Honor Blackman was in, in the 90s? I have no idea. Well, I'm going to have to look it up. Your last review. It's your last review. That was my last I might, review. I might rewatch all of 2.4 Children. Oh, God. Like, that's a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah. But it's almost like rewatching. You can my watch family. it and be like, "That's the guy from Hollyoaks." <laughs> Do you remember my family? No, I don't watch my family. Do you remember my family? There's a cop. We got a copy of it at work. Someone put really? it aside. Yeah, I don't know why. The the film, the program, my family. Yeah, the sitcom. The one that ran for like eight years. Yeah. The one with Neil. What's his name? What's the it? other one? The other. The one, one with um, Dennis, Punt in it, or Hugh Hugh and Dennis. You know the guy from that one of them. He's a dad. He was around for years. Yeah, that is my family, isn't it? Oh, Hugh Dennis. Uh, Un-something. Yeah. Un, 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 un I can't remember. Oh. But there's a girl I worked with who was dating the lad from it, and then he came in the shop once and when I was working at Debenhams. Yeah. And he was getting followed by, like, teenagers everywhere. The curly-haired kid. One of the kids. He's, he was the teenage one yeah. in the show. Um, okay. So, my final review. And this actually links a lot to 2.4 Children. Because it's nothing to do with 2.4 Children. Oh, good I watched, I watched Sweet Tooth, the new series based on the DC graphic novel by Jeff Lemire. Is that the show that's uh, about... Uh, about uh, Dear Baby. About uh, the, the Sweet Tooth, Twisted Metal. <laughs> you made that joke about six times going past my door when yeah. I was watching this. Because so, they are making a Sweet Tooth. Yeah, I'm fucking sure they are. I'm they sure are. It's been op- this is a Twisted Metal TV oh, series God. being made. That's fucking terrible, isn't With it? The sweet tooth. It's going to be about Sweet Tooth. Whatever happened to Mega City 1? It's never going to happen. I think they filmed it, didn't There's, they? Uh, if anything about Judge Dredd ever happens, it's either not going to happen or it's going to flop. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, Sweet Tooth. Uh, it's a Jeff Lemire series. sitcom she was in. So, Jeff Lemire made a comic book where it was all about a pandemic that basically wiped out the human race, but at the same time as the pandemic beginning, a bunch of babies were born that were like hybrid human-animal babies. Um, and people were like, oh, this has to be related. They have to be the cure. So they started hunting them, and a lot of people just did awful things to these children. Some of them were eaten, some of them were experimented on, but for the most part, they disappeared. The upper hand. All right. That's the sitcom one. That's the chip, chip van. 
No, that's the one with um, the McGann in it. Oh, right. How, when was that made? Joe McGann. When was that made? 1990 to 1994. Yeah, it didn't run as long as 2.4 children, did it? 96. <sighs> Almost vomed then. A little bit of vom. Um, all right, yeah. so... Um, so, yeah, so Sweet Tooth. Um, this little boy named Gus, he is... He is hinted at being the first of the hybrid babies born and is given over to um, to a man that he calls Papa who essentially goes and raises him in the woods away from everything else. And he teaches him how to talk and teach, basically treats him like his son even though they're not actually biologically related. Um, and yeah, and, and one day Gus's Papa gets, gets the illness and passes away. So Gus is forced to go on an adventure to try and find... Firstly, the nearest uh, McDonald's. Yeah, he tries to find a place where he can he can live, and tries to find his mother. Those are the two. Those are the two goals of the series, basically. Um, along the way, he meets a really large gentleman who is alluded to being part of a group that were hunting these children for experimentation, um, and we also find out that using these children, if they're alive, you can use them to extract a drug that will basically um, keep someone who has the deadly disease, keep them healthy for a long period of time with continued use. Yeah? You with me? Uh, Something about a virus. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Jeff Lemire comic book is nothing like this. It's um, it's a lot darker. It's a lot crueler. There's It's a lot more apocalypse. Whereas this, there are aspects of society that still exist. There are like markets and stuff and people walk around with masks. It's a, it's a bit strange to be used to seeing people in masks all the time. But it works for this, this narrative. Um, and yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a really interesting, really interesting show. And everyone's a good actor. Everything's done well. It's just, I think that they may have erred on the side of caution a bit too much and made it a bit too sweet. Cause I think like, it's a bit too saccharine, I should say, not sweet, because that's obviously it's called sweet too. Um, because the comic, part of what, what makes it so, so good is the contrast between the innocence of someone like Gus and the horrible violence that happens in the world and the reasons for that violence and these people that are clinging, clinging to something that. Oh, I've found the name of the Colmini film about the chip van. Was it? Was it? It's called The Van. You're fucking kidding me. You're actually fucking kidding me, aren't you? God. It's called bad. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, I might watch it. Um, yeah, so it's like ordinarily something like this, um, when it's made into a film, they go darker. So it's interesting they've lightened the concept, but I think you kind of have to to gain an audience. Well, they don't want to scare the furries away. They see deer kids. Yeah. They see deer people, animal people. It's really interesting because like, the but kids... they're very easily scared, the furries. Kids are normally something that I fit, find insufferable in life. Yeah, you just want to choke them to death and then bury them in your neighbour's garden. Like, you know, it's hard to... You don't want to do it in your own. No. Because we don't have a garden. And also evidence. Um, but yeah, like, the the kids are all great actors. There's some really... There's some really funny visual jokes. Like, in the, in the comic book, they don't really explore what the influence of Gus is like on a normal family unit, because they do come across these group of people um, that are basically just like doomsday preppers that have found a place to live. And um, and they briefly... <laughs> a bit late for that, aren't they? Well, no, no, like they've survived as a family because uh, of their doomsday preppers. Ah. Yeah. Um, so they were right. 
Yeah. Um, and they come across them and Gus gets on with their little boy because the little boy is just a year older than Gus. So he was just, just before the, the hybrids started getting born. And um, and there's a scene where the, the mum is like, night Gus and night. And she says goodnight to the little boy. She turns the light off and it turns out hybrids have like animal eyes. So they glow. Mm. They like take in light and they obviously glow. And she just sees Gus's eyes lit up in the dark and she's like, she's like, creepy and <laughs> walks off like it's just it's such a weird thing um but yeah like it, it all in all it's a good series there's some see really- i would have done that shot seeing the eyes lit up and, and then you cut to a close-up of gus and he's got his eyes shut already oh creepy, oh her creepy. kid's a hybrid he's part fish creepy creepy um it's part capybara there's a really really good episode that involves them basically jumping on a train to try and travel a long distance because there's still like trains functioning but most of them are used by the coalition which is like the group that are capturing kids and killing them for their for their um for the purposes of producing that drug to keep people alive there's hints that certain people are infected you know that one person's infected but there's hints that other people are infected and they're sort of using that drug as a as a way of prolonging their life um is it like the episode of next generation where um, one group of people no has been getting another group of people hooked on drugs no. and convincing them that the stuff they're giving them is like a cure for no. their disease. No. That doesn't actually exist. They've just got withdrawal symptoms. No. Um, uh. One of the biggest changes in the comic to this are, um, in the comic, it's a really, really old guy who used to be like a hockey enforcer who ends up teaming up with Gus and is called Big Man and like basically helps him get across the country to this place that's meant to be a safe haven for these kids. Um, in this, he's an ex-football player. And they sort of... That was a comic by a Canadian. Jeff Lemire is probably Canadian. Sounds yeah. Canadian, doesn't it? Yeah, um, there you go. That's why he did hockey. Yeah. Foolish mistake. I think, I think that's also interesting because hockey people are obviously brawlers. Because instead you want to pick a universal sport such as American football well, yeah, that's that kind the of, whole world loves. But that's kind of the thing that that's kind of the thing that I don't really understand because hockey, it made sense because he's like a brawler. So like yeah. on the ice, they're throwing fists still. But American footballers are cowards because they wear pads. (laughs) No, but they're like, they're tackling people. It's not really the same. But one of the things that they have... Do you think about the British players taking the knee? Rugby. I get really angry about them kneeling down against the justice. But the guys who make gorilla poses in the audiences at the black football players, they're fine, apparently. That's that's just... It's not a problem. It's just horseplay. You know what? Racism doesn't exist in England. (laughs) We just have fun with it. It's just a bit of fun. (laughs) I'm sorry. But when our jam had gollywogs on it until about 10 years ago, I think there might be a racism problem in England. Fucking dumb cunts. Um, there is a reason the older generations die off, right? It's so that we can move forward. We can adapt, become better. Shed that skin. Um, but yeah, so Sweet Tooth, yeah. Um, so they changed it, so it's a football player. And they hint at him struggling with CTE, you know, the concussion, the continued concussion, because he has a particular oh, drug. Chris Benoit had. Yeah, he has a particular drug that he's taking. Um, and Sweet Tooth helps him procure more in one scene. Um, and it's so important to him that he risks Sweet Tooth not being able to get on a previous train and getting away safely uh, to get this drug. And it is hinted at that he has CTE from his time playing as an American football. But there's a really, really cool little sequence. So there's a train episode. It's not supposed to say there's a train episode. There's a train episode where they travel a great distance. And he meets someone he used to play American football with yeah. who has basically been made into, like, like the the coalition, the people that run things, they don't. Someone who would traditionally be a soldier, this big Bernie bloke, is struggling with the CTE so bad and hasn't had it medicated. And he's not being offered these drugs that are helping um, Big Man, our our, our character, um, 
and so he is like really fucking like he meets he meets this guy lights up and is so happy. I think his name's like Fat Joe or something like that is what they call. That's not nice. No, because he used to be massive. They're both brought like like I said, they're both linesmen. They're like defense. So just they collide. Nice. Um, And calling him Joe. And him like him like for a brief moment he lights up and you can see him being like he's struggling to remember stuff right and he's struggling to talk to his friend and like the scene where he goes like. He does have one of those moments because it's it's very like I said very well acted and he has a moment where he has to sacrifice himself so they can get away and his sacrifice it doesn't feel like it's not earned like there's this instant like camaraderie and there's like this it's weird that they've got a series where they've nailed that aspect of it but not other aspects um, but yeah all in all great casting great acting I wish maybe there was a little bit more darkness to it in terms of what they do but they have introduced cute kids that they will probably murder in the next series so who fucking cares it's going to get darker they're just setting the setting the stage it's the day and you're dark and there's miserable some really, there's some like stuff I really recommend people try and watch this because I fucking I really enjoyed it but people have been divided on it like there's I think IGN gave it a 5 out of 10 which is not well fucking. you can't spell IGN without IGN it's it just that's the thing that seems say. so off for the quality of the whole program. It's IGN, I know, but like the quality of the whole program. <laughs> IGN's like to them a masterpiece is like fucking Aquaman. Yeah, like I hate it. That's like the greatest film. I didn't seen. hate Aquaman. I didn't like Aquaman. I thought it was like a two or three out of ten, but it was like fine, whatever. It's still better than Justice League, both versions. Uh, but yeah, Sweet Tooth, like, I really liked it. And I, I think that the acting is really fucking good. And there are some... They've made a lot of effort to make these connections between characters and even introduced another character to the series that wasn't in the original. Like, they've made an effort to connect these things. And although it's like, it's a coincidence they've all met up when all of them are related to this thing in such a clear way, at the same time, it's like... I kind of like, I like the idea that they don't realise that their end game is so important to them. It's almost like a redemption arc without them realising the redemption's there. Like, Big Man, he's not, like, initially he just wants to dump Gus off on whatever, whatever person he can. He's like, he's constantly like, just take him. Like, you mm. clearly want him. But the last episode, you can see that he's like, fuck it. We're going to do this. We're going to save Gus. I'm 100% into it. And then something happens. But because he's made that decision, you're like, I'd like to see what it's like when this guy wants to keep that kid alive and actually is invested in this. Because I'm probably wondering if the kid tastes like venison. Yeah, maybe. Um, Does he taste like venison or people? Really weird, like behind the scenes stuff that's worth watching. So once you've watched the series, watch the behind the scenes stuff because some of it's really fucking cool. Like he has animatronic ears in this because he's got deer ears and antlers. Deers. Deers, yeah. He's got deers, deer-like ears, and they had animatronic ears for him on set. So, oh. like, when they move and stuff, like, there's actually someone controlling them to do that. Um, and, and they also, replaced them with CGI, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Just, like, the thing, uh, thing pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, like, people, like, they've got, um, what's his name? Um, I'm fucking really poor on names today. Um, it's because you got that concussion thing that Chris Benoit had. Oh, yeah, CT. <laughs> When he murdered his wife and child and then hung himself on his weightlifting Will equipment. Forte. Will Forte plays his dad, or the dad like How the last character. man on earth. Yeah. And he's really fucking good in this. He's really sweet. Like he has he brings a lot of warmth what to the to the role. MacGruber film he's meant to be doing. He's still doing it, it's a series. Is it when that was years ago, wasn't it? No, 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 they're still doing it, it's a series. Hmm. Ryan Felipe's on board again. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if Kristen Wiig is though, because she's doing better stuff. She, she Ghostbusters mind. remake. 
She doesn't mind. She'll turn up. <laughs> I still love that scene in the coffee shop in that film. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> no, don't give him a tip. MacGruber would never tip. I'm sorry, I've got to take this back. In front of the coffee guy who's just like, the fuck? Um, but yeah, um, I recommend people watch Sweet Tooth. If you're a big fan of Jeff Lemire, if, you, if you've read the comic, even if you haven't read the comic and you're just looking for something that's maybe a bit different, um, this this really works. I think that it is All really these interesting. indie comics, they keep friggin... Black Hammer's getting made into a TV show, isn't it? TV shows of... I think, and is films is Black of why can't they make one of real comics like Superman? Where's our Superman movie? Which one? Seven seven films so far on there. There hasn't been a Superman movie since Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. What about Superman Returns? Oh, that's quite good. Well, actually, <laughs> what about Man of Steel? There hasn't been a Superman <laughs> movie. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, Sweet Tooth, just a weird one. Like I like it a lot. I thought it was good. Like. IGN give it a 5 out of 10. I'd say it's much closer to an 8 out of 10 if I was going to give an actual numerical value rather than some arsenine name that I come out with on the spot. Arsenine? Yeah. Arsenine? Arsenine. That's better. Um, that I come up with on the spot. Uh, like, I recommend people give it a try. Arsenine out of 10. <laughs> arsenine out of 10. Uh, I, I reckon people give it a try because I think that, you know, there's a lot there. And it's, uh, there's a lot to like. I think Gus is a really likeable character, and the kid who plays him is really good. Um, and even Big Man, like... the guy. Cody Smith-McPhee type. Yeah, basically. But he, we got a film in at work with Cody Smith-McPhee, and where he's like credited as the lead actor. And where the some, things are? No, it's some like, apocalypse. It's like a teenager, him. You know, because he's all gangly and long now. Oh, um, uh, The Space Between Us. No, I don't think so. Some sci-fi thing. Yeah, uh, the one where he's on the moon. Maybe. Yeah. It looks shit. It is shit. I've seen it. We've got Money Plane as well. Yeah, I know you do. And I don't want... So if you want Money Plane, come to the Woking CEX and you can get Money Plane. We've got a signed copy of Kickboxer. Someone what? traded in a copy of Kickboxer. It's one quid for the DVD. Signed by who? By Jean-Claude Van Damme. Buy it? Yeah. Why have you not bought it? <laughs> what, are you, what the fuck are you telling me about this now? You're buying that tomorrow, right? I'm not working tomorrow. Oh, it's going to sit there. It's been there for a few days now. I don't think anyone's noticed. Someone's going to buy it. Yeah, you should go in and get it. Oh, no, I've got work tomorrow. Um, Absolute freaking slacker. You are the fucking slacker. You've got Jean-Claude Van Damme's... We, you know what? We could get him to sign. Um, oh, yeah, because he played... He was in X-Men, wasn't he? X-Men Apocalypse. He played Nightcrawler. Do you know who else played Nightcrawler? Go on, tell me you've got a signed copy of The Mask too. No. What? Frank Reynolds and Charlie. <laughs> they play Nightcrawlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Good one. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I guess that's the end of the episode. We've gone off a fucking rail. Um, yeah, Sweet Tooth. Check it out. I like it a lot. I don't think it's perfect, but to be honest, I don't think a lot of media is perfect. Um, and I actually like the faults in this. I, I think I can appreciate the faults. And the fact that the it was... The fault in our stars. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, I, I buy cigarettes and just put them between my lips. I don't like them so that I can show cancer I'm in control. Oh, cancer killed me! Oh, no, I'm dead! I guess I'm not in control. Is that what that film's about? <laughs> that's in that I thought it was about someone looking up stars and going, they've got the big dipper on. <laughs> it's, it's about... It's about <laughs> um, speaking of Willem Dafoe, it's about Willem Dafoe being the most awesome character in a film full of people that are like, <laughs> I'm in love! They go to Willem Dafoe because he's like, you're my favourite writer, and you write about life and all this stuff, and I love it, and I wanted to be a writer when I'm old. 
And he goes, he goes, I don't care if you have cancer. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to speak to a bunch of cancer kids. And then he just turns his dumpster up really loudly and sits in this leather armchair, just like, doof, 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 doof. and he's just like looking at him like, I don't care about your cancer. Is that your William Defoe? That's his German voice, isn't it? William Defoe's not German. No, he is in a 49 style. Oh. He's like, they go to Amsterdam to go and meet him. Oh. Then they have sex. Amsterdam? Yeah. <laughs> Two disappointing things in one day. First sex and meeting your hero who just likes dubstep and doesn't care you're sick. <laughs> and then, like, his his uh, his uh, PR woman. There's like, a bit in um, Antichrist where he talks to a fox. Yeah. yeah. What's the fox saying? Chaos yeah, reigns. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I love that fox. He's a good fox, good fox. I don't with a fox. Yeah, he was dec- dec- decomposing a bit, but... Yeah, well, you're right. He went on to star in Fantastic Mr. Doesn't fox. she give birth to the Antichrist at the end of that film? No, no, it's a thematical Antichrist. It's, you know... Does she not give birth to something? It's just evil. No, she cuts her clit off. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of Mother. Yeah, you're thinking of Mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky's last film. I'm not saying that as in the last film he made. It's, I mean... He's not making another <laughs> film. No. People love that film. No. It's not good. Isn't Hugh Jackman in another thing where he's like having a time-travelling romance? No. So Hugh Jackman's in a thing where his wife has forgotten him because there's like this weird retrograde going on. People can't remember shit. The water's rising. So instead of them living their lives, they go into this little pool. Why would you want to go in water if it's everywhere, firstly? Oh. It's like Samantha Morton in yeah. Minority Report. He puts his helmet on and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have memory. memories. Yeah, it's a yeah. mental time travel. You can't go back in your, you can't go back too long because then you go, ah, too many It goes memories. back too long and he remembers when he was a conquistador and he found the Tree of Life. That's actually a good film. <laughs> the, the Fountain. That's a beautiful movie. Doesn't mean it's a good film. I really like it. But I, I think that the reason I like it is that it's anchored by that central relationship between Hugh Jackman and a tree. <laughs> a tree filled with Rachel and Weiss's... And Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss's uh, ashes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in The Lobster. I love the central relation- relationship between <laughs> between Colin Farrell and his brother's dead dog body. <laughs> Kicked to death by his romantic partner because he wouldn't shut up. The Lobster's a dark movie. <laughs> like, like the film... Uh, Killing Is that the Innoc- one where the line, you're my lobster, comes from? <laughs> you're my lobster now. I'm the lobster you're now. You're my lobster. Um, and also it's Killing f- of a Sacred Deer, which is a film about a relationship between Colin Farrell and his watch strap. Ah. <laughs> which drives him to insanity and he eventually kills his son. Ah. Have you seen Killing of a Sacred Deer? No. Oh. Have you seen The Lobster? No. Yeah. We've seen Dogtooth. Which I have watched twice. What? Godzilla vs. Kong. (laughs) (laughs) That's the film this year. I've decided I'll watch twice. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm dying. It's a fine film. I could have watched the Matrix versus the Machines again. <laughs> You're weighing it up between the only two new films you've seen. I've seen four new films this year. Okay, okay, name, name them. 
Godzilla versus Kong. Yep, yep. Mitchells versus Machines. Yep, yep. Um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And Justice League: The Snyder Cut. <laughs> and to be fair, that's I mean, Justice yeah. League: The Snyder Cut to is be like fair, you watched the three second, films. <laughs> the second best film you've seen this year. Second best new film you've seen this year. You've watched twice. Yeah. Fine. <coughs> I like the bit when. Oh my god. When Godzilla and Kong fight. Oh, like that bit. Yeah. Which 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 round? Just all of it. One, two, like, three. I just like all the bits where they fight. It's really good. Oh god. I, love I haven't seen that... Ape versus Monster yet. I love the fact that I named like all of. I think what's his name? His name's like Neo Stanonopolis. I named all of his art. He didn't name all his films. No, because he, he missed did out the, the High Rise. No, High Rise was Ben Marshall. Same person. No, it's not Ben Marshall's the guy that did High Rise and something else. I can't remember. I can't remember. What do I know about have these films? Have you seen High Rise? No, I can't be asked. Fuck's sake. What films have you seen? Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. How have you not seen... Like, it's not on Netflix and it doesn't have a monkey in it. The Lobster was on Netflix for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, but does it have a giant monster monkey in it? No, there no. might be a monkey. What was that monkey film that they watched on Best of the Worst the other week with the giant ape? Giant ape? Wasn't it just called Giant Ape? Oh, that'll do. I'll watch that. <laughs> no, I... <sighs> I watched um, Becoming Rem Lazar. <laughs> or Creating Rem Lazar, whatever it's called. You remember the one where the two kids create a hero called Rem Lazar and then he takes them on a magical journey? I've not seen that. They did it on Best of the Worst Ages. Oh, again. did they? Okay. It's this guy in the purple suit with the purple hair. No, I don't know. What was the What was the Australian kids TV show when we were younger that had like, they all had these weird shiny pendants and they just, I think it was like the Apocalypse or something. It might be like The Tribe? No, it probably was The Tribe. I didn't watch it. That did was, you not? That was, one of the Hemsworths was in that. Was he? I think so. It's Australian, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a good chance. Um, but yeah, so you've not seen the lobster, you've not seen Killing of a Sacred Deer, not seen Dog Tooth, and you've not seen uh, the one, the serpent one. Um, no, but you've not seen High Rise. No, you'd actually like High Rise. Yeah, but it's one of those films where I have to actually watch it. No, no, no. It's not that. It's not that cerebral. I just want to be able to look at my phone, and when I hear loud noises, I look up and watch the monkey yeah, fight the giant lizard. That's essentially high rise. You could watch yeah, high rise like that, except you replace the giant lizard with with uh, with uh, scenes where Tom Hiddleston wears a suit. Tom Hiddleston, you replace the monkey with uh, with Jeff Jeremy Irons. So here's my bet: Daniel Craig is very old. Yeah. Who is going to replace him as Bond? A lot of people reckon Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Well, a lot of people think Idris Elba. They think they're going to stunt cast. Him. Oh, that'd be so good. He'd be good. He's you know, and he can't complain about his age because he's I still my favorite. Joke, he's still younger than Daniel Craig. My favorite joke in uh, in any interview is the Idris Elba one, where someone mm. goes up to him and they go, "What's your background?" And he turns around and looks at the wall behind him and goes, "It's a white wall." <laughs> <laughs> but here's my pick for Bond next. Okay, yeah, yeah, Michael Fassbender. He's German. Yeah, Irish. Yeah, Irish German. He's a mixture of people. He's a real melting pot. Ginger. He's my pick for the next James Bond. Michael he's got Fassbender. pretty good dick. I saw Shame. Have you seen Shame? No. The one where he's a sex addict? No. Have you seen uh, the one where he starves himself? No. Hunger or whatever it is. The one by um, Steve McQueen? No. Have you seen uh, ten, ten, 12 Years a Slave? No. Uh, I've seen X-Men Apocalypse. He's in that. He's in that. Have you also seen his other his other cinematic... Pre- X-Men Dark Phoenix. No, no, no. No, no keep going. Days of Future Past. No, keep going. First Class. No. 
I mean, that's all the films. No, there is another superhero comic book film that he is in. I'll give you a hint. It stars Josh Brolin. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he's in Jonah Hex. <laughs> yeah, he was the sheriff on he or he's something. He's the tattoo man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the lizard man. Diablo. Yeah, not the lizard man. Tattoo man. The tattoo man. Yeah, not the lizard man. Tattoo man. Yeah. Who else is also in that film? It's Megan his, Fox. It's his second comic book movie. Digimon Hounsu. No, no, Digimon Hounsu. Is he in Jonah Hex? No, Probably. but he's in Shazam and Guardians of the Galaxy and, yeah, and Captain Marvel. He's in two loads, movies about Captain people, Marvel. Loads of people didn't realise that he was in Shazam and that irritated me. It's weird that he's in two films about Captain no, Marvel no, from isn't. different studios. Because he's in everything. He's even in Never Back Down, the MMA film. Digimon, Digimon Monsters... Digimon. <laughs> he has so there's have you ever watched Never Back Down? No. It's about a bunch of teenagers just doing MMA and he plays like a no. gym leader. It's not a dancing one. No. And so you got served. No, you're thinking of uh you're thinking of uh Step Up? Yeah, Step Up. Step Up is a great series and one day I will review all of the Step Up films. I've seen this called Step Up to the Streets. It's amazing. Good title. Have you seen it? No. It's a really good I never film. Watch it. It's actually a good oh, film. Oh back to you got served. It's essentially Rocky, but with dancing. No. And it's really good. Anyway, no, let's, let's fucking, let's cut the mustard here. John Malkovich was in Red and Jonah Hex. Oh, well done to John and in, Malkovich. And in Red 2. <laughs> Back to the streets. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Um, yeah. Has he in Step Up? Who, John Malkovich? Yeah. No. 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 Mooses, though. I want to talk about Moose at some point. Best character in the series. He's got hair like me, but he dances like a bloody god. Amazing. If they did a new one, do you think they'd cast Keith Apicary? Who? Nathan, you know Keith Apicary. No. He's the jelly man. He does lots of dancing, lots of wiggling around. It's his whole thing. It's Nathan Barnett that he like makes himself oh. look all like greasy and stuff. I thought you said Nathan Barley. No, Nathan Barnett. He's an actor. And he has a character called is Keith he, Apicary. Is he the one from Nathan For You? No. Oh. No. No idea then. But he was in America's Got Talent this week. He just like booked himself on it and just did a weird dance oh, in cool. front of Simon Cowell. Good for him. Is he a YouTube person? Yeah. Oh, right. He's okay. been on for years. No idea. He's in an angry video game nerd. That means nothing to one me. One was a Christmas one. They were sm- like smashing loads of like weird gadgets. But anyway, that was your last review, wasn't it? Yeah, sweet tooth. Was it? When, when did you finish reviewing that? Like 10 minutes ago? Yeah. We were talking about stuff. I don't know why. We were talking about your fine film palette. <laughs> And the fact you've seen Godzilla vs. King Kong twice—it's a good film. I mean, it's fine. It's I, got that um, I saw Mexican Mortal, lass in it. I watched Mortal Kombat Latino twice. lass in it. She's Who? nice. The Latino girl, the bad guy's daughter. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, I like her. The one from Baby Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's nice. She's very attractive. Yeah, she gets killed in both <laughs> Baby Driver and this. Yeah, she's also yeah. killed in Dust Till Dawn, the series she's in. Oh, good for her. With the guy from Shazam. Yeah. He plays the older Latino kid in Shazam when he gets the powers. Ah. It all ties back to Shazam. I can't wait for Shazam 2. Shazam 1 was fun. I don't like the new costume I've seen. What's the new costume? There's set photos of the new costume. It doesn't have a hood, does it? No, it's, it's, they're clearly going to do digital stuff oh, with it. Right. But um, the, di- the, the lightning bolt's smaller. It doesn't seem to glow up. It looks like it's just a bit more boring than Zack Snydery. Oh, hopefully not, though. Yeah, it's got details. Oh, right. You know that whole superhero thing Yeah. nowadays, where it looks like sportswear. Yeah. When 
Power Rangers Jungle Fury did the sportswear superhero costume thing perfect years ago, and you can't just keep mi- mi- copying it. I feel like it's going to turn into a rant if we don't end it here. All right. Well, that's been episode 160 of Critical Apocalypse. I've been Matt. You've been Ant. Where well, can they find you, Ant? Cool. Uh, you can find Ant at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can find him on YouTube as Mellow Gaming. You can also find him as uh, Re- Reacting Reacting Sentai Yopper Ranger. Um, and you can also find him as... Uh, There's no point listening to all. It makes me sound like some Ant's loser Botbox. who just makes loads of channels that no one watches. Ant's Botbox? No. Ant's Box... Ant's what? Bot Collection. Ant's Bot Collection. Yeah, which no one's going to watch, or no one has watched, no one cares. You should change the title to Ant's... I've got a 45-minute long video I'm editing for that, and no one cares. You should change the title it's to Ant's Bot Collection. Yeah. And then more people would watch. I mean, I was thinking, what other robots could I review? And really, there's just there's just that Spanish Megazord, really, isn't there? Uh, I mean, you've literally got more robots here. I mean, they're all Transformers, but I, I didn't want to... I wanted to have a tight name... That wouldn't pigeonhole me to Transformers. So I could do other robots. But I mean, like, the stock that you have pigeonholes you to do Transformers, you understand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, you could review your... You've got a Samurai Jack. He's not a robot. You've got a Nathan Not Barley. a robot, as far as I'm aware. As far as you're aware. You could be. Have you watched a new episode of Loki? There's only been one episode so far. Did you watch the first episode of Loki? Yeah. I really like that scene where he's like... If you're a robot, you'll die instantly. But if you're yeah. not a robot, then you'll be fine. He's like, I'm not a robot, though. Am I? Don't think I'm a robot. I don't think I'm a robot. No. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I really want them to use that show to make Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went so batshit insane, Yeah, it would tie into this perfectly. What's really funny is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. clung to the prospect of being part of the MCU so hard that hmm. they actually blew most of their budget doing these stupid... Like things that were well, the doing. show goes off the rails. The show oh, yeah, completely through ignores time and then everything else. Yeah, so you've still got like, the let's use stuff this time there. travel series to give a little addendum to Agents of Shield, where they have to go and snip the Agents of Shield timeline because they have made quite an aberration. Yeah, but they had to. Yeah, it was, it was all foretold by the giant lizard people. Oh, maybe yeah. you can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere, including YouTube, Twitter, online, Xbox, Switch. No, not Switch. PS5. What? Bebo. Bebo, MySpace. Friend, uh, friend, friend, friend face. face. Yeah. yeah. Face, face friend. Um, Uporn, Red Tube, you know, all the big ones. I mostly just do jack off videos, but you know. It's not what you think. I just tell people to jack off. Oh. In a monotone voice, I go, jack yeah. off, jack off, jack off, jack off. Sometimes I do say nut, but that's a different video. All right. So, see you for episode 163, if we don't die from heat stroke. Cunt. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch Cruella to review it next time. Oh. Do you want to watch it as well? No. Oh. Do you want to watch all the Fast and Furious movies with me? No. Oh. No, I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna have nothing to review next time. I'm gonna review Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, well, I've already done that. I've finished it. I'm gonna try and complete Shin Megami Tensei 4. Free, which I'm probably not going to be able to achieve before next. But I've given myself another episode. Just don't play Yakuza and you'll be able to finish it. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know if that's true because I get distracted real easy. Can I end the podcast now? I, mean, I guess so. Bye. Bye. God. Boris Johnson probably fucks kids still. It's not liable if it's said probably.
still... Oh, is that how GB News is doing? I'm just going to say probably before everything. <laughs> Have you seen that three hours of people talking about how lockdowns don't work, even though the countries where lockdowns worked aren't talked about at all? They're fucking idiots, aren't they? Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. GB News fucks kids. 